the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It is Wednesday, September 22nd. And a couple things. First of all, folks, uh, Governor McKee is going to have some problems with what really started to break yesterday after the press briefing, and that is this whole business that, and I wondered about this, and I'll say it, I have said the Governor McKee, this is going to be either, it's going to be a Ronald Reagan moment or a Jimmy Carter moment. Now, he came out, a lot of tough talk about this mandate for the healthcare workers and saying it was vaccine mandate. If you don't get it, you're out of work. And we had the press briefing yesterday, and he said, nope. The people, Department of Health and uh, healthcare, you know, hospitals and so forth, they want to stick by that October 1st mandate. And he said that and said they wanted to until suddenly after the press briefing, now they've announced that there are some exceptions with that. And there are some people that are going to be able to retain their jobs and they're not going to be fired and they don't have to get the vaccine. Now, Aside from the fact that General Treasurer Seth Magazina, folks, this all started to break late yesterday into last night. And there's several things about this, and none of them are good, by the way. Number one, um, you know, we could give benefit of the doubt, but it certainly sounds like Governor McKee did not want to announce that at the press briefing. So there's something going on there. Number two, it also throws into play, you know, what's a, a real deadline, right? I mean, what's what's really the line in the sand? Uh, are these things negotiable? You know, and I'm, I'm, you know, in history, one of the problems with with Jimmy Carter was President Carter was with the Rand Contra was just that there were, there were no firm deadlines. Reagan came in and established very quickly that after the air traffic controllers went on strike, gave them 48 hours to go back to work, and then if did they did not, you know, there were uh, a lot of problems with the union. But anyhow. But Reagan made a bold statement after, you know, he illustrated that they were, were not supposed to, that they had violated their oath and made a very effective argument about that. But it really showed that his word meant something. With Governor McKee, now, you know, this also goes to Dr. Scott, Department of Health. There was a doctor. If you checked to Petro.com, there was a doctor last night who was very much against this. Regardless what you, you think about it, and I know there's so many people that um, that feel that the healthcare workers, frontline workers, should get it. I have covered their protests, but I'll tell you what what's I don't want to say dangerous, but what's what's damaging is if you know what's real and what's not. If people think that you know everything's negotiable, it's a deadline, but it's not a real deadline. Uh, it's not a real line in the sand. Well, now you're inviting problems. Now you're you're inviting problems and. And Governor McKee, you know, there's a big difference. It seemed he doesn't seem like the type that wants to take that hard, hard line approach. It would take take a certain individual to say, I don't care. You are out of work unless you get it. Uh, it sounds like and, and also I'm not oblivious to the fact that the dynamics of this, for instance, if your term limited out and no one can remove you from office, I think you'd be more inclined to do that as opposed to someone who you know he'd like to be elected and win the primary next september so governor Armando, it is true governor Armando, uh during the pandemic had very tough talk especially about some of the teachers and the warwick teachers and Pawtucket, and they just threw in the towel but she she was term limited out she didn't have to worry about getting votes from anybody so this is is difficult and as you're going to hear 
Governor McKee is about to have some more competition, real competition from these progressives that are going to run and Matt Brown. And we're going to talk about it with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, who um, Matt Brown, they feel that they have a full slate and it's like they are breaking off the Democrat Party and they're going to be the progressive party running under the label of Democrat. But they're basically Matt Brown who was first Secretary of State, and then he got in trouble when he, he ran against Senator Sheldon Whitehouse and never finished out uh, even the race. That was 2006. Then he appeared suddenly and challenged Governor Raimondo in a primary. He set up this uh, co-op collaborative. And suddenly now, you know, it's as if he's the head leader of a party, and it's now going to be the progressive party against the Democrat Party. And they're betting now, Hear me out. They're betting that they can win primaries. There are many people listening right now say, you know, Juan, I would never vote for many of these progressives. They are in favor of things like $19 an hour minimum wage and all this affordable housing and free health care for all, free housing for all. Matt Brown is as progressive as they get. And on top of that, you know, defund the police, abolish the police. A lot of the policies they're talking about are things like that exist in places like Portland, he there's no one more progressive, and they are intent on a, almost like a full political coup with all their progressive candidates to take out the state house. Remember, they're not looking for your vote. They're not looking for independent votes. They're not looking for Republican votes. Then who are they? Look, they are trying to win Democrat primaries. They feel there's more progressives. They're all about winning primaries because they feel if they can win the primary that they in fact can win the general now this could be a real opportunity for the republican party if they can seize it because the the emergence of this progressive movement and this is the biggest most extensive progressive movement um that we have seen the uh, existence of this if played properly this could be golden for the republican party if they can successfully paint everyone because now the democrat party is going to move very very far left because of uh, the contention of that so all the details need to be worked out uh it, it certainly seems i was hearing it was more like 80 percent but um it certainly sounds i mean 100 percent he is in but governor mckee make no mistake about it the the decision to now relax the mandate as much as he feels you know this is good this way people don't lose their job i think it's it's problematic because you send mixed messages and then people they're never really sure when you mean it um they're never really sure like what's the real deadline you know just picture before we t but just picture if you are a student and you're taking a test and the professor says you know you need to get the paper is due monday no excuses if it's not in you get an f and people, my goodness, we better get it in Monday. And then then some people are saying they're having some problems. And the teacher says, well, if you get it to me by Tuesday, that'll be OK. And then then it becomes, well, as long as I get it by the end of the week. Well, then, you know, as much as you may think you're currying favor with the students, you're actually sending mixed messages of what's the real deadline. What's their real bottom line? I think whoever decided to fold, I think down the line. It's problematic. All right, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 7801. MEGA, M E G A, professionals, 508 336 7801. Maybe if you need workers, Maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 
7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. You're listening to the John DeFeature Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is DePetro.com. Joining me right now, he is a columnist, uh, mainly focuses on Rhode Island, but it's for the Boston Globe. It's Dan McGowan. And Dan, uh, boy, what a turn of events yesterday. And and I, I think Governor McKee, I think fair criticism is he's, you know, really learned. Sometimes governing is not easy, especially when you have these deadlines. And your colleague and his folks, a great article. I'd almost say definitive article, but great article in the Boston Globe this morning. Rhode Island will allow unvaccinated healthcare workers to work if they're critical to patient needs. The timeline on how this broke down was just pretty interesting yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting, bizarre, some would say, because, you know, in the in the governor's press conference yesterday, only an hour or so uh, before we before my colleagues broke the story that. Uh, they would, uh, the state would allow some unvaccinated healthcare workers to, uh, you know, continue working. Uh, the governor kind of said, no, you know, we're going to stick by this October 1 dead, you know, deadline and kind of stood by it in many ways. Um, and it, it, you know, it makes you wonder how much, you know, one, on one hand, you have to question, you know, how in the loop is he, uh, you know, on these things. Let's assume that he is. Uh, either he didn't want to announce this during the press conference, or maybe he just he, he there was a you know an effort to kind of uh, you know see it two different ways, right? He I think he wants every he wants the message to be that yes, of course we want our healthcare workers to be vaccinated by October first, but it was a really strange way for it to play out. It was strange as you can imagine for me, sort of behind the scenes, because I knew what my colleagues were working on, and to hear him say you know, one thing and know that another thing was about to be reported. Uh, yeah, yeah, very, very interesting, very strange day yesterday when it came to the, the vaccination quest. And especially the quote, and uh, he said it yesterday, and it's right there in the, this morning's Boston Globe, they're really encouraging us to hold the line. So as we are on that October 1st date, so we will. But it was basically, we will for Another hour until the end of yeah. this press conference. Yeah. Or then asterisk, we're holding the line, right? Yes. Uh, you know, and I think what it shows you is, remember, it's not that long ago that, that Dan McKee is becoming the governor and is, uh, you know, certainly people on his end are, you know, being somewhat critical of the health department, of the Raimondo administration. Um, you know, he wasn't in the loop. This isn't his team. This was the team he decided to kind of keep, he, you know, pledged to keep around. And so you do wonder how much kind of personalities are conflicting. You know, he, uh, I, I think in some, in some ways to his credit, he likes to try to be flexible. He wants to solve problems without them kind of bubbling up and being public. Uh, whereas I think the health department, it says, look, this is what the science says. This is what we want to do. We're going to stick by it. And what the health department, Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott and, and others, I think they were used to having a, a governor who kind of went with them and sort of took the lead on whatever they thought. Now it's a little different. It's, it, you know, you've got a governor who does listen to the, you know, the small business community who says, look, you know, masks are a little bit of a problem if you, if you implement them or, you know, or this, you know, a vaccine mandate is going to be a challenge for healthcare workers. He is more, uh, he's more willing to, I think, listen uh, and and potentially try to split the baby on big issues um, compared to the the last governor who was, you know, I made a decision, I'm sticking to it and figure it out. Folks, I also just want to point out that the story is by Brian Amaral and Alexa Gagos, who, who does terrific work. So two, two writers for the Globe. And Dan, what did you make of the way that uh, Governor McKee certainly seems to be trying to thread the needle, but as much as even as far as state police and then the question about, you know, what about state workers and well, we're still negotiating and is this a priority? I just think he's he's seeing the difficulty of when you're you're trying to say we're encouraging people, but it's there is a difference between that and listen, it's a mandate, either do this or you're out. Yeah, well, what he's learning too is that it's, 
it's much harder to, you know, force somebody to stick a needle in their arm than it is to force a business to, you know, shut down or to go, you know, only take out in restaurants or implement a statewide mask mandate, right? You get pushback on all of those things, but there are, there's both a mechanism in place to, uh, you know, to uh, sort of allow a lot of those things to happen. Even, you know, certainly you and I both know plenty of business owners who were really harmed by the pandemic, but, you know, Gina Raimondo was able to look at this and say, well, look, there's money coming. We're going to do our best to try to help you guys. Certainly federally you had PPP and stuff like that. In this case, you know, it, it really falls on the governor who's, who's asking people to, right, who, to, to take a chance. Now, the science and, and certainly the experts seem to say that the vaccine, you know, works and is, you know, safe and all that. But you do run into this issue where, you know, now it is, well, what does my contract say? What does, you know, so, so you're negotiating with unions. Um, I thought it was really telling, although to his credit, I, I thought his response to your question about, you know, should, should the state police uh, be keeping track of who's vaccinated? Um, you know, he kind of said, yeah, I think they probably should be, you know, I thought that was a really good answer. He's Agreed. right. They should be. Yes. They should be keeping track of that. Um, and he wasn't defensive at all. He just acknowledged, yes, like that should be happening. Uh, now he didn't necessarily go further and say, you know, from now on we're going to do that. But he he kind of said, you know, yes, it, it, that that's how it should be happening. But yeah, he's running into this challenge. You know, now you now it is. What's in a collective bargaining agreement? What is, um, you know, how far can I go with a requirement? And in the back of his head, he's hearing from all these different groups who are saying, hey, this is going to be a disaster for the healthcare community. It's going to be, you know, challenge for firefighters, things like that. So he's, he's just got a lot more on his plate, I think, than the last governor did uh, when it comes to the vaccine. Um, how much do you think is being affected his administration? The fact that just in the let's face it, in the last month, he lost his longtime chief of staff, Tony Silva. I think it's a huge factor. Um, yeah. You know, the more, the, the, the longer we go, uh, you know, for, you know, you remove yourself from your chief of staff, Tony Silva. And remember, it's only been a couple of weeks. Right. But the longer, the longer this goes, the more you hear from people, you know, it's, it's the state lawmakers. It's just like the players in government who are like, yeah, it was easy to get Tony on the phone. It, you know, he, he could always find an answer for us. Now, I think at the top levels, the, you know, speaker and the Senate president, I think they really like the, the new chief of staff, um, Tony Alfonso. But I think that, you know, for a long time, Tony Silva and Dan McKee were kind of attached at the hip. You always knew that, you know, if you needed to get to Dan, you had, you know, you could go to Tony Silva and he would help it out. I think the longer this goes, the more Dan is realizing you know, there's a huge gap when you lose someone that's that close to you. I think it is. I think it's a real challenge. And I think it's particularly a challenge when it comes to kind of the, you know, the state police, things like that, stuff that Tony knew very well. Um, and, and yeah, it's being exposed right now. Now it, it's fixable and, you know, look, government all can government always can move on when, you know, one person leaves. But I think Dan McKee really needs to kind of maybe take some time to step back, look at, you know, reevaluate his staff and say, all right, here's where we're weak. Here's where we're strong. Who do we bring in? You know, because remember, you know, you've got an election now coming up, but you're the governor for the next year plus, right? At, at, at least you gotta get, you know, the government kind of functioning and you gotta get some of these things done, even while you're thinking about your democratic primary uh, and then obviously your general election next year. Tim McGowan, what did you think of Seth Magazine at General Treasurer immediately last night, jumping in saying that the decision by the McKee administration was uh, was the wrong decision? Well, it's easier to be the, yep. you know, the secretary of state or the state treasurer or before he decided not to run the mayor of Providence than it is to be the big dog. Right. You can always take your swings. And um, and I think this is really I, I think Seth Magaziner in particular is really going to get at Dan McKee here because Seth Magaziner has a, you know, he's got a lot of time. He has a lot of money and he's treated at right now. He is being treated like the, 
you know, favorite or co-favorite in this race for governor. So now a real candidate is, you know, you know, is going to dominate news cycles. He's going to get on the front pages of the newspapers. He's going to be, you know, on television a lot. He's already shown, you know, big endorsement this week. Um, You know, he's, this is fully campaign mode for Seth Magaziner. Um, And so he, I think he's going to be, really getting in Dan McKee's head because McKee is going to have to look at this and, you know, for a while you can write it off as well. It's all just politics, but the truth is it irritates McKee, right? He, he, this is what he's thinking about. Um, and you know, it's just going to get worse. I think you're going to see Matt Brown jump in the race relatively soon. Um, and so you're going to have another candidate that's going to, you know, free reign to kind of tee off on, um, on the governor. So the governor is going to have his back against the wall for from from really from now through next September. Dan McGowan, with Matt Brown, it's it's my understanding they're going to present him or he's going to even present himself as, as the true progressive in the race. Right now, as much as it was maybe at times you weren't sure, w- would you say it's closer to 80 percent that he's in? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I would even go further. Ninety five percent. I think he's wow. definitely running. And I yeah. think he is definitely doing uh, exactly what you're saying. In fact, I, I was talking to some of some progressives who don't quite identify with the political cooperative and and Matt Brown just yesterday. And they said to me, you know, it's going to be a really it's a, it's going to be an interesting year for a lot of the more liberal Democrats in Rhode Island, because you know, there's this, there's the hard left, the, 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 the co-op, the, you know, folks who had a lot of success last year, especially at the Senate level. Um, then there's a whole bunch of other, right, you know, you and I certainly far to the left of what, what you and I would say are moderate, right? They're definitely left candidates who are not in that club, so to speak. They're all wrestling each other in that Senate race on the east side of Providence. And then similarly, you're going to see this in the you know, the race for governor, because Dan McKee would never probably say that he's a progressive, but certainly Seth Magaziner and Nelly Grabea would say yes. that they have progressive values. Um, and you're right. I think Matt Brown's going to cast himself as the standout progressive, the person who, you know, you he's the bar, right? He's the litmus test. If you're with him, you're a progressive. If, you, if you're not, um, you know, you're not a progressive. And it, you, the interesting thing, it, the, the thing that I really can't wait to see is, you go back and look at 2018, that Democratic primary with Ramundo. Yep. You know, he goes out and gets 30 some odd percent of the vote. Uh, I think it was 32, 33 percent of the vote. Question is, how much of that vote was with him die hard progressives? Right. Or, or how much were they were they just anti Gina Ramundo or power right. plant, you know, people? That's the right. I mean, look, if, if he has that many supporters that are die hard Matt Brown fans, he'll be the governor. Um, I would doubt that he has that many. I think now with a choice, um, you know, he's going to be really trying to punch up and, and trying to, you know, you know, make an impact in that race. But um, I still see it for the most part as a kind of Dan McKee, Seth Magaziner, and to some degree, Nelly Gorbea race. I've known him, uh, you know, and I supported him when he took out Ed Inman for secretary of state. I've known Matt. He certainly ran into trouble when he tried to run for Senate. Um, and then, you know, I don't think 2018, I don't, I, that, that was a tough one against Governor Mundo. I'm, I'm very anxious to see how he casts himself, how he's out there. He, he definitely, this could be his moment. He's, um, he's, he's not to be taken lightly. No. He's a smart guy, gregarious guy. He's got a good laugh. He's got a good story. Um, this, this, this presents problems. This presents problems for, um, well, it's another white male in the race, that's for sure. But he <laughs> yeah. is, uh, he's not to be taken lightly. Folks, quick break. A lot more Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer appear. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, mega truck and trailer repair as i said commercial trailers diesel equipment free estimates fhwa inspections and rhode island state inspection station trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service serving rhode island and massachusetts it's mega truck and trailer repair call them today 508-336-2110 
24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, mega truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's mega truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering, call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L., it's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, Reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call JKL Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. Remember, JKL Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's JKL. Call them, 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, who I really enjoyed your piece on the mayor of Johnson, Joe Policina, who he's almost, boy, I, I think Mayor Alorza could learn some things from Mayor Policina. And, and Dan McGowan, a lot of the success that he's had, you just wonder, can you imagine the impact it would have if those things had, had fallen into and had, were happening in Providence? Yeah, and people don't like to hear this, but but Joe Policina is kind of that old school machine mayor who controls what's going on in his uh, in his town, and you know automatically you start to think about Buddy or you think about you know oh Chicago or old school New York politics, and you automatically assume corruption, corruption, corruption. And given the history, it's fair to to do that. But what what is true about Joe Policina is. He's, he's a guy who pays attention to the little things. You know, I wrote in this column, you, you, you think about, uh, you know, the mayor of Providence, if he wanted to get, let's say the Amazon project done, let's say on the 195 land, he would have to, you know, go work his city council and he would be up against an eight, seven vote on almost every issue. He never has, has, has cared particularly uh, much for, uh, you know, for the politics of it all. Whereas Joe Policina, look, if you cross Joe Policina, he's going to run a candidate against you. And because he's respected and, you know, has uh, overwhelming support in that town, that candidate's probably going to win. And so then you get to create your real government, right? You get a council that that is on board with what you want to do. What does that mean? It means you get, you know, the zoning and planning boards that do what you want them to do. Uh, you know, you largely get a school committee that is going to kind of support the things that you're after. And suddenly government works really well. You know, Nick Heeman, one of the, uh, you know, a prominent attorney said to me, it's the best place to do business in all of Rhode Island because you can call the mayor. You can, you know, you can say, hey, we got this project. He did the market basket project. Yep. And and you suddenly can can kind of move things very quickly. Now it's still Rhode Island. It still can be slow. You're still dealing with state officials, all kinds of things. But Mayor Policina kind of is what he is, and he embraces it. And you know, I sat in his office last week. In fact, it was actually I, you and I taped in the morning on Wednesday, and then I went down and talked to him for a while. 
and you just see the kind of control the guy has. I didn't put this in the column, but you know, I walked into Johnston Town Hall and he's in the tax assessor's office asking what's going on with somebody's tax bill. He's yep. got his thumb on everything. Now it's easier to do easier to do in a smaller place, but you're you nailed it. I, I couldn't help but think, imagine if you had a mayor in Providence that really kind of thought about all these little things. Imagine how much you'd be able to get done. And it's it's paying off. I mean, Joe Policina is going to leave office next year, um, having really transformed that town. Um, and I think he's right that they will be fiscally stable for, you know, decades to come. Law, and talk about a legacy to leave. Uh, he, he's going to leave one of the best legacies uh, you can possibly leave because it's going to be financially stable. You're not going to see massive tax increases, things like that in the coming years. Now, I know there's uh, Amazon is talking about 1,500 jobs. I'm not sure how many jobs are at that citizens campus that they built there. But all I think of Dan McGowan is can you I'm, I'm thinking of the reaction of two people that I know. And that's Bob, Bob Burke of Potiphar and Lynn Singleton and Alan Chile at the PPAC. If they had learned that, you know, there were going to be 1,500 workers of Amazon, you know, within a mile of the PPAC or two miles or and then the same thing. If, if citizens had built that, what that would do for the people of, hey, let's go out to lunch in the city. Let's go out, have dinner and then maybe see a show in the city. I mean, that the people would be so excited about Providence and, you know, great for Policina, but it, it's Johnston. It, it's not the capital city. That's right. Now, well, go ahead. What, you Just to build on that, because you're so right about this. I mean, think about this, right? My building is right downtown on Dyer Street, right across the street from the, the bridge and then a bunch of empty land. Uh, imagine if you said that you were going to put 1,500 huh. Amazon workers wow. right across the street from, from our building, right? You oh. would have to open more restaurants. You'd yes. have to open another you know, three or four coffee shops. Like the, the scene would completely change yep. down there. Um, it would be exactly what, and it would of course benefit folks like PPAC and, you know, the nicer places downtown. Um, and, and right now you're just not going to, you know, you, you, unfortunately you have to know about the good places downtown right. already to be able to go there right now. Cause you're not seeing new people come in. No. Um, and Dan McGowan, speaking of Providence, I, uh, I, boy, boy, that that Senate race is really picking up. It's coming up. Special election, folks. Uh, state Senate seat in Providence. And your colleague writes about it. it. Really seems to be a matter of endorsements. Oh God, there's everybody's endorsing in that race. You've got, you know, all the progressive groups, all the labor groups. Uh, you know, you're waiting to see. I'm really interested to see if the mayor of Providence is going to endorse at some point, and will mm. it matter? Um, but yeah, you you know the 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 best part about a, a special election like this is really tough to handicap, right? You know, uh, Hillary Levy Friedman's been the person that she's raised the most money. She's got seventy some odd thousand dollars that she's raised, you know, for for a seat that pays what eighteen thousand dollars or something like that. You know, it's a this is a, a or less than that actually. Um, you know, this is a an interesting race. You've got Sam Zurier, who's you know known in that community. You've got two really strong, seemingly progressive candidates. Then Ray Rickman, who, you know, is known by that community. So, uh, you know, you've got less than two weeks. October 5th, I think, is the the, the primary there. Um, and it's really getting down to the nitty gritty because it, it's such a short timeline between, you know, when this race kind of started to when the primary happens. Um, so you're seeing the endorsements. You're going to see a ton of, obviously, you know, the, all the mailers and stuff. What I'm interested to see is who goes negative first. Is there going to be a negative, you know, push at the, the people who are perceived to be at the top? Um, so I, I'm, I think that race is really, really fast and it gives us something to do for the next couple of weeks. Folks, quick break, a lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body, 
Call them, 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle, whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle? West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVast Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies you can depend on. On MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today, MEGA Logistics, 401 431 2300. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And Dan, there were certainly some warning signs, a few red flags regarding the Lords of a Governor campaign. You and I have talked about this over a year. I'd like, I'm very anxious to hear your assessment. What was the deciding factor? Because I, I believe that was not an easy decision to make. Uh, he certainly at times seemed to be ready to pull the trigger in this for the long haul. What was the deciding factors or factors that made Mayor Lorson make that uh, announcement last week that now he will not be on the ballot. So I think, I think the number one thing was the poll that he did um, that came back, but here's the thing. It's going to sound strange, but I do believe, and he told me this, that he believes his poll came back showing that he had a path to get there, that he could win. I think a lot of people around him, and he has a very, it's actually a very small kind of circle of friends who, who really kind of can tell him the truth. Um, I think they looked at the numbers and said, Mayor, you know, sure, you might have a 5% or a 10% chance of getting through a primary, but it's going to be expensive. It's going to be ugly. Uh, you know, you could come out looking a lot worse than, uh, than maybe you go in. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the poll was what did, I think, I think everything else for him in his eyes kind of aligned with, with running for this job. We talked last week, you know, I I have never thought that he would run for another office, at least not this time. You know, I never thought treasurer was something that he was really excited about. He certainly doesn't want to be the Lieutenant governor. Um, but I think, yeah, I think his poll, his polling came back and he talked to enough people who said, the path here is so narrow and it's going to have to be so negative um, that you're just, you just aren't going to be able to pull it, you know, to do it. And I think honestly, the, the, the number one thing I think we should all watch out for is wait four years. You're going to have an open attorney general seat in four yeah. years. I think that's the seat that he's going to really try to angle for. Now I don't, I don't know that he can win. I think it's very hard for a pro- someone a bleeding heart progressive to win the attorney general seat, but that'll be the open seat four years from now. Um, and, you know, he, he, he'll have a million bucks because he can hold on to all his money. Um, I think that's what he's going to be looking at. Now, he won't make any noise about that. It'll be years from now before we even see it. But I, I think he's angling that way. I think he thinks his comeback is a few years from now, and it could be that attorney general seat. You don't see him on the ballot, not even. What about office of secretary of state? 
you become an expert on on elections and ballots and and uh and it's high profile and you're the person that's out there when there they are elections no interest in that for him I don't think so. I think the one place that he actually, Treasurer. you know, yeah, I think Treasurer was the one place that he actually kind of thought, boy, maybe I can get mm-hmm. a little bit more done for Providence. But I also think, look, he's a guy who who came from very little, right? Yep. He he gets to, you know, goes to Harvard Law, gets to be a professor, starts to build a life. This you know, being mayor for eight years kind of interrupts that path. Sure. Um, he has a chance now for a couple of years to do a little bit of what Angel Taveras did. Go yes. make some money, right? Yep. He can teach. He can probably get a good gig at one of these big law firms. Yep. Go make a little bit of money, secure some, you know, wealth for your, for your, for your child, for your wife, and still have all this money in the bank to do something else. I think that's what he's looking at. I mean, you know, he's now into his forties. He's a guy who he does, he needs a little bit of, you know, a, a life to have. So I, I think it's more about, okay, you know, I've had the taste of being the, you know, probably the second most important job in Rhode Island as the Providence mayor. I can deal with not being, you know, famous for a little while. I'll make some money and then I'll be back. Uh, I think that's how he's approaching it. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And in today's edition, there it is. Committee eliminates police major position at center of controversy. Your colleague, Amanda Milkovitz, has basically been controlling, dictating, uh, and way out in front on the story. Dan McGowan, finally, uh, to me, it's just a little bit symbolic of, of Mayor Lorzer and how his success has gone lately, where he really felt strongly about putting his friend, Michael Stevens, on the police force. You've written very positively in favor of that, but in the end, it, it looks like it's just not to be. Yeah, and you know, and it's funny because I, I, I've, I've said this a bunch to people. Yes, I've written positively in favor of it. If I was the mayor of Providence, would I have done it? The answer is no, right? Because I, I, I understand the politics of it. We talked in the last segment. Here's your difference between Mayor Lorza and, you know, mayor a, strong, a strong yeah. mayor like Mayor Policina. You, you may think you have, the, you, you may think you're right, but Joe Policina understands what votes look like. Right. He understands what public perception looks like. Mayor Lorza has never cared about this kind of stuff. And this is why you have think, you know, things that could be good ideas, uh, you know, really backfire. And it's embarrassing. And you know what? If, if I was the Michael Stevens, the rec director, you know, I'd, I'd really be looking for nothing public, but I'd be looking for an apology from the mayor right now because you just yeah. put me through, you know, a really difficult situation. You probably had a bunch of police officers who didn't know who I was, or maybe even liked me, who now don't trust me. You're right. Uh, and, and suddenly, you know, now I'm going to get a different title. I'm not going to make as much money. Uh, it looks like I've been demoted. You know, if, if I was him, I'd be looking for an apology from the mayor because they rolled this out poorly, uh, extremely poorly from the very beginning. Yeah, and he was just along for the ride. One last question of Mayor Lorza. Do you think, is he bitter do you think he's is does he feel it's unfair the way he's been, you know, treated? Um, you know, the polls are the polls, but I, I always just found I, I just it was tough to find anyone outside of Providence that supported him. I didn't even find a lot of tremendous support for him inside the city. No, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think he was the beneficiary of winning an election the first time that wasn't about him, it was about Buddy, right? That's right. Four years <clears throat> four years later he wins re-election because there wasn't any serious candidate to run against him. So right. he wins overwhelmingly, but there wasn't a serious candidate. I think things were going in the wrong direction, at least in the, you know, the eyes of voters in the city for a really long time. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, there, there was, uh, you know, kind of real concern for him. But to your point, you know, it, it's funny, I go back, remember there was a couple of years ago, I was still at Channel 12 and uh, we did a story, Tim White and I did a story on uh, all of his out-of-state travel. And I remember we did the story and it was, it was very contentious. I remember being in a little room with me, Tim, I think our photographer and the mayor, and it was very combative and it, it, Mm. it, you know, the mayor really pushed back against us and didn't like it. And then after the story ran, I remember hearing the complaints from the mayor's office about the story. And they said, you know, the, the only thing that the mayor really is upset about is you made him. You made it the 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 entire you know shot. The 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 video was it was very dark. It made it look very like 
you know, cr- like something nefarious was happening. Sure. Sinister. And it's exactly what to put it. And that shows you, I mean, his view on everything is if you're not with me, it means you think I'm a bad person or you think mm. I'm a, you know, and he, he, he's never been able to get over that. It's a little bit, Dan McKee has this problem too. Very sensitive. Yeah. Um, the different, the difference is, is that Jorge Alorza for the last couple of years, as I said to you, he just has written off criticism. So many people. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, yep. press, uh, you know, critics in the communities, everything is, well, they don't like me. Um, mm. And suddenly you have a very small room around you. Uh, yep. You know, now in his last year in office, he's going to have, you know, a handful of people who are with him and just about everybody else who are, who are just looking to the next mayor. Folks, before we let him go, uh, speaking of politics and uh, people in the news, this story of the former Fall River mayor, Jaisal Correa, Dan McGowan, I mean, talk about a guy that, I mean, the judge basically cut him a break, kicked so many of those charges out. I, I don't know how you don't then throw yourself in the mercy of the court, show contrition. Instead, he gets whacked for six years for old school corruption. I mean, what what a remarkable two days in that courtroom. Yeah, I mean, I, I've ne- and I, I heard other people. I think Tim White said this actually that you know he's never seen anything no. quite like this. I haven't either. Uh, I'm sure you probably too. You know, it, it, it doesn't usually work out huh. this way. And you got, no, you gotta remember. I mean, this is a guy, Providence College graduate, by the yes. way, who you know, was considered a real rising star in democratic politics, not just in Massachusetts. I think people liked, you know, this charismatic person of color who, uh, uh, you know, was going to, you know, really rise, you know, could he run for Congress someday? What is he going to do something else? Um, And, you know, all, and the funny thing is, is that usually you guys like you and I, we hear this in the back rooms, right? You hear this at the bars. Hey, this guy's, you know, There's a lot going on in Fall River that you don't, you know, that you're not seeing. Um, And we hear that about a lot of people, but this one proved to be pretty much spot on with some of what the critics were saying about him, that that city was, you know, for sale. And the the only question now is, you know, he he looked up to Buddy Cianci. Is he going to try to come back someday and, 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 you know, go back into the mayor's office there? Are you going to see a comeback similar to Cianci's, you know, 10, 15 years from now? Yeah, you know what he reminds me of, the mayor uh, of former mayor of Fall River, is that scene in The Wolf of Wall Street when they're sitting on the boat and the FBI agent says, you know, Jordan, most of the guys I go after, they're like the sons of jerks and their fathers were jerks. You got this way all by yourself, little man. <laughs> I mean, that's what it reminds me. Of. He he basically came in as I'm just going to game the system as uh, yep. as kind of just a, a young corrupt official. You know, Mayor Cianci had been around for a very long time, and there was no guarantee when he, he left office. But he had a certain personality. I know there have been, you know, comparisons on that. I, I don't see it with this guy, simply because, you know, Cianci was was beyond a one in a million type of individual. I, I think this is someone that just saw this as a, as a path. We'll see how he does um, away. Folks, each day, I start off the day, boom, I read Roadmap. Uh, it tell you know why it tells me things that I don't know. It lands in my my inbox. It's free, and you can receive it right now, Dan McGowan. If you could explain how people could receive Roadmap, and and John, we just hit another milestone: seventy five thousand subscribers. Wow. Plus to a sponsor, I see at the top of it now. Yeah, yeah. So we're making a little bit of money for fantastic. <laughs> that so is we, huge. Yeah, yeah. Well deserved. Good. Now you get now now you know you're getting somewhere. Good for the globe as well. That's right. So get on board, right? Yes. The easiest way to get this is it's completely free. Send a blank email. Don't have to write anything other than rinews at globe.com. Rinews at globe.com. And like John said, you get some new stuff from me. Usually it's analysis or a little bit of new reporting. You get all my column. You get all of our reporting uh, links to those stories. You know, great story today about Jaisal Correa. So you get links to that. And then you get a rundown of here's what's happening. What's the governor doing today? Where are the members of Congress going to be? So you get it completely free before 8 a.m. every morning. Uh, RINews at globe.com and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Dan, great job as always. Uh, and we'll talk to you again. Talk soon. Thanks, John. Summer's here. You want to stay nice and healthy for you and your family? Pop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. 
It's My Health, right in that old white church, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health, where you're going to find vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like Isae, honey, maple syrup, Octave Skin Brushes, also over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. It's My Health, where you'll find hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use, natural skin care products, hair care, hair care products, essential oils, body oils, and soaps. It's My Health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, or call her 401 305-3585. Shop local and stay healthy with It's My Health right across the street from Davenport Restaurant. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there... You can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have uh, links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top, it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in the library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at DePietro.com. Calvino, call for a free consultation today, 401-785-9400 or online fightbackcalljack.com where you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident motorcycle accident slip and fall workplace injury fight back call jack free consultation 401-785-9400 50 years personal injury law experience and his office 100 years combined total with the staff fight back call jack 401-785-9400 it would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should, but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation. 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino. 401-785-9400. Or online, fightbackcalljack.com continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with lawn doctor of rhode island contact them today for a free quote 401-392-1025 or online lawndoctor.com a lot more summer ahead plus the fall lawn doctor of rhode island your best lawn ever guaranteed call for a free quote today 401-392-1025 find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's lawndoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025.